Product Innovation Show is back with your guest host, Sergey Ross. And today I have another great founder, co-founder with me, Dan Tomma, who's an author of Innovation Accounting and Corporate Startup book. He comes from entrepreneurial background, has been involved with tech startups across the world, and uh, he's an innovation community leader in Europe, and right now is a co-founder of the management consulting company called The Outcome. Dan, well, thank you for coming. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Pretty good, pretty good. Considering the, the craziness uh, of, of the schedule these days, pretty good, I'll say. Well, we were just talking about uh, Google Chrome crashing and, and like all the all the hoops they need to you need to actually jump through to actually get here in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Google Chrome, actually for, for data privacy reasons. And uh, this is why I'm, I've always been on, uh, on Firefox and uh, apparently not all new tech is supported by Firefox or Firefox doesn't support all new tech. I love Firefox. Um, the, only, the only browser that I use more than, uh, than Firefox is Brave. I have no clue what that is. I haven't heard of it. It's it, <laughs> yeah. It's it's um it's it's kind of a more of a niche browser with the, for for folks who love crypto and it has like a built-in ad blocker. Really, really slick. You should check it out. It's really good. Well, that's guess what's guess what's on my on my to-do list for tonight. <laughs> well, there there we go. Well, Dan, let's start with your book, uh, Innovation Accounting. Uh, what is it about? Well, it's uh, it's a book I always old kind of premise. Sure. Um, for the folks that are in products, uh, I think I think this is going to resonate with you. Um, imagine you have an idea for for a new product, and you jump through all the hoops to secure backing, either from a VC or if you're doing this within a large organization from your boss, your boss's boss, your boss's boss's boss, right? Um, you were able to secure that 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 backing, and again, there are, there are different means for which you can do that. Uh, not going to go into the details of that, but essentially, at one point, um, and usually pretty early on, you're going to have a stakeholder come in and ask you, "Hey, show me, show me, show me your progress, right? Show me the fact that you are on the right track to make this a billion-dollar idea, or even more than that." The problem is that there are very little indicators you can use to tell that great story about, about you as an entrepreneur or uh, your product being on the right track. And essentially innovation accounting is helping people like you to tell that story in the absence of financial, um, financial indicators or financial results. It's painting a picture of you being on track to becoming a successful, uh, a successful business later on, providing that you get further investment and providing that everything goes well. But essentially, is uh, how do we measure stuff when we don't have, you know, financial performance data to to measure stuff with? Not yet. And this isn't in the corporate world, right? Like it's more corporate than startups, or both. Um, it works. It works both ways. It it can work for it. We can work for for startups within uh, within a, a VC portfolio or within an accelerator program, as much as it does with uh, with product teams within uh, within an existing uh, existing organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you um, you talked about what we talked about the last time. People forget to look at innovation strategy of the company before kicking off their initiative. And this was more our corporate discussion, which uh, you have a lot of stories to share about. Uh, so what's going on? Like, what, like you are a product manager, product director at a, at a corporate company. 
uh, large organization. And what tends to happen most of the time? What have you seen happening a lot? Right. This also happened to me. This is this is not a story. This is not folklore or anything like that. This actually also happened to me. Um, first person. Exactly. Exactly. First uh, first hand account. Um, essentially, it's very important to align um, every product with the corporate strategy because uh, in case these products or that particular product is not aligned. This is going to serve as a very good reason for um, you know people to discontinue that product, and the only reason they will have to give is not aligned with strategy. They don't even have to bother to discuss with you about performance, financial indicators, um, you know, user attrition. If you have if you have a software as a service business, uh, they're going to say, hey, not aligned with strategy. And nobody can argue with uh, with that statement uh, if nobody has seen the strategy. <laughs> That's why they cleverly worded. it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's and they say uh, it in a clever way. I, I, I was uh, I, I was one of those uh, one of those product people that had the, that had their their product uh, deprioritized by the use of this, let's say, magical spell, not aligned with, not aligned with strategy. Dan, why don't you, why don't you tell us, why don't you tell us, like, what happened? What was the, what was the story? What, what was the, what was the thing that led you to? Sure. That? We were, we were building, we were building a news aggregator uh, platform, if you want. I'm not going to disclose the name of, of my employer. It was back in, back in the day when I was, uh, when I was employed, but, uh, my LinkedIn profile is uh, is available, so people can figure it out. Um, you guys can check it out. We'll we'll have it, we'll have it in the show notes. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm not going to disclose anything, but hey, by the way, information is free. Um, so uh, I, I was a, I was a product owner. They, they they put me in charge of this product. Uh, obviously, mandate was to you know improve the product. It was it was one of those zombie products that you have in a corporate setting. So they, they've launched it. It was not growing, but there wasn't enough reason to kill it. So they gave it to the new guy to uh, figure it out. Maybe he's going to make it into a unicorn. Um, that was number one target I had set for, for my for my job. But the number two target was very interesting was to pilot a new governance system for digital products, uh, pilot a new way of working, pilot a new process, pilot a new structure for, for the teams. So um, again, twofold, twofold approach there. Um, so we were working on this product for a little over eight months. And then at one point, um, the whole organization went through a leadership change. Uh, there was a new there was a new uh, CEO appointed. Unfortunately enough, the guy used to have the role of the CFO in the previous uh, administration. <laughs> and um, good sign. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't I, I I don't need to I don't need to spell it, but uh, you know what it means, right? It's it's a person that's managing everything with an Excel, right? So obviously, being in the innovation department, we had a big bullseye on our backs. And um, at one point, they were looking at, uh, at, at shutting down initiatives. And uh, since um, we were asking for a new financing round, um, obviously, the spotlight was on us. And uh, the, uh, the reason that was, was given to, you know, not, not, not only stop financing, but actually kill the product altogether was not aligned with strategy. Um, in their defense, uh, I, I have to give them credit, the company actually went through a strategy change. 
but nobody bothered to show the product teams or, or the innovation department the new strategy so we can start aligning our, our products or at least see if there were initiatives um, that could be pivoted to the new to the new strategy. Actually, my initiative, the one that I was I was in charge of for, uh, was actually very capable of making the new the new the new um, strategy leap, if you want, because the new strategy was revolving around the use of video and encouraging people to use more video content. Well, it's very easy if you're if you're a news aggregator to only throw out news video content rather than rather than text so we could have made the pivot but again nobody bothered showing us the the, the strategy and again I, I've seen this now now as a consultant I'm seeing this as a recurrent topic with many organizations that we work with they, they start this this accelerator programs they accelerate a lot of ideas in the innovation lab but then the people that are leading the innovation lab forget to align with the core business with the business units in general on their growth strategy, on their respective innovation strategies. So what ends up happening is that at the end of a, of a three months program, six months program, the, the accelerator uh, lead is in charge of 20 orphans. Uh, those 20 orphans are essentially the ideas that will try to find a home somewhere. And nobody wants, wants them, not because they are bad or anything, it's just that they weren't necessarily aligned with the strategy to begin with. Nobody knew about their existence. Nobody predicted that at one point they will require another financing round that the lab can no longer support. So again, it's very important to, to have that, that common strategy and communicate it, disseminate it to, to every unit and communicate it very good or in a proper way to the lab. With your example, Dan, what happened if we were to look at uh, that example? Do, was there a challenge of, hey, we didn't really align with the strategy before the management cha changed, even before the CEO arrived, was, which was kind of added on top of the problem. But once we started that initiative that you ended up um, inheriting, we didn't really get alignment. It was already sidetracked. And then the CFO slash CEO came in and it literally just blew up. To be honest with you, I haven't, I, I didn't bother asking is this initiative aligned with strategy when I when I when I took it over. Uh, starting from the assumption, now looking back, was was a big assumption that hey, since it's already here, since it exists, since it's already built, there probably was some strategic, let's say, justification for its existence six months a year prior to me even joining the company when they kicked it off so i thought that this, this is a given right and what do you do let's say product owner mm -hmm. joins a corporate organization joins this innovation uh, inno innovation department what do they need to do to make sure that they don't end up with an orphan that then gets killed and then they have to find another company yeah sure or move on to a different product which is probably not as good a, a, as well yeah no it's uh it's still gonna leave a bitter taste in your mouth by by all means um i would definitely encourage you to look at uh sponsorship um do you have enough sponsorship do you have enough backing for that particular initiative in 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 your current organizational setup and um, and look at the strategy and look at what are the strategic shifts the company uh, is uh, is on for the foreseeable future and see that uh, see if in the light of the new strategy 
that product still makes sense. Let's say you are now working at an automotive company and you're put in charge of a diesel engine. Um, does it, right? You're at VW. Yeah, uh, no. If it's if it's if it's a Volkswagen, it's good. Uh, you have uh, you have uh, you have a job to do there. Uh, but let's let's assume you don't work for for, right. for Volkswagen. Let's assume you work for Ford or or for Toyota or for any other company for that matter. Uh, if you're in charge of uh, of, uh, of of a diesel engine or 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 an or an auto automobile that that has a combustion only engine or power power plant. Um, look at what's the strategy of the company. When when do they want to phase out uh, combustion engines? Uh, does it still make if if your if your development roadmap for that particular product extends beyond the date when the company says they want to phase out, you know, combustion engines? Um, I mean, take the job, but don't have high hopes that in one year you're still going to be doing the same thing. Be be ready for for change. Be ready for disruption. Right, you're probably going to be developing an electric skateboard in, in no time. Exactly, exactly. You're going to be you're going to be repurposed together with your team. Like, hey guys, go do 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 electric helicopters or whatever. Right, and, and so so is it is it a matter, Dan? Is it a matter um, to align with um, VP of corporate strategy? Or I'm making up the title. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, or who would that be? Is it a matter of aligning with them and then communicating to them your concerns as soon as and regularly? To be honest with you, I would say yes, but in real life, would would a VP of corporate strategy have time to speak with a with with a product owner? I haven't seen that happening, at least in the organizations that I was involved with. Um, I think it's actually a matter of corporate culture, and it's a matter of governance within that particular uh, organization to have the strategy as transparent as possible. To have the, the strategy very well communicated and disseminated throughout the organization, left to right, top to bottom. Uh, don't have it, you know, you know, hidden hidden in a in a in a drawer of an of an executive. Uh, have it on the homepage of your intranet. Uh, have it accessible to people that want to submit new ideas. I've actually worked with a, recently with a Norwegian company. I'm going to disclose their name. They had a very cool approach to this. They had in the intranets, they had uh, they had a uh, they had a landing page in the intranet where people can submit ideas. A very simple form, and at the bottom they had the innovation strategy as a PowerPoint presentation. You can download it, read it, and then you see in the, in the innovation strategy if the thing that you just wanted to submit makes sense to submit or not. So you're going to kill your own idea before, before others get the chance to do it. Um, so again, I don't, think, I don't think it's a matter of you finding a slot in the, in the, in the chief strategy officer's you know, diary and book a call with him or whatever. Um, as much as it is for the organization to make sure that the strategy is transparent and not just transparent, but actually very well communicated in, in a language that is understood by everybody within the organization, not just the people that formulated it, but by people in marketing, people in sales, people in product. Anything else that you think is important for product owners to keep in mind to get that initial alignment? Like anything they should consider tactically, strategically, uh, to make sure that they don't miss the bus? Um, no, I think, I think strategy and, and sponsorship are, are very important. To understand if your product is aligned with, uh, with strategy and to understand if you have 
the right level of sponsorship and enough sponsorship to to have uh, to have your idea at, at least to get enough enough space to start making some some progress and then let the let results speak for you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right right that makes sense what um is there anything else you think that product owners need to do to be successful to be more successful uh in shipping products in a corporate org like what should they what should they think about doing that they may not be doing now that was one of the big things align alignment anything else they should be considering stakeholder management is very important if you are a product owner within a large organization relative to a startup entrepreneur uh, stakeholder management is very important in um, as a startup entrepreneur your primary stakeholder is your um, you know investment committee or you are one investor or your group of investors Plus, maybe you might have other stakeholders, let's say the government or depending on the nature of, of your of your idea, uh, whether within within the, within the large organization or larger organizations, you also need to consider stakeholder alignment within within the company. Try to understand who are your supporters, who are your detractors. Uh, um, how uh, how much interest they have in your project, how much hierarchical power they have to influence people, what is their opinion with respect to your um, your initiative, are they a supporter, are they a detractor, are they neutral towards it, they don't have any feelings. And depending on, on this stakeholder map, you can take certain actions with, with respect to those individuals. How you speak with them, how frequently you speak with them, what kind of information you disclose, what kind of information you're holding back, for the lack of better words. Um, essentially, this is going to take some some time of your of your day on top of trying to build a great product. Well, you become a little bit of a politician, so take it take to it, some it, extent. To Ooh. to some extent, that I've been I've been terrible at this in in my role, and I learned it the hard way. <laughs> It's quite hard. I was going to ask you, uh, Dan, um, innovation accounting. Um, yeah. Basically, you talk about how do you measure innovation? How do you actually do that? What, what do you need to look at? Because we had all these innovation. We have a lot of innovation leaders on this, on this show. And there's always this, well, how do you actually measure? Especially when the CFO guy comes in and he's like, oh, there's actually nothing to show. What do you need to, to understand and to look at to say, hey, you know what? We are working on the diesel engine but we will be able to still fit it into the electric skateboard 10 years from now. Right, uh, there's, there's a couple of things that folks need to understand before they, uh, before they even embark on, on the journey of measuring innovation. First of all, they need to understand that uh, metrics need to evolve with the maturity of the idea. The, the thing that you are going to be measured against when you're launching your product today uh, are different than the things you are going to or you should be measured against three months from now or three years from now. So essentially metrics evolve with the maturity. It's exactly like, like sports if you want, right? If, if you're a kid and you're you know, like swimming or running, right? The times that you have to compete against, exactly, exactly, different expectations, right? At the time that you ask an 11-year-old to, to beat as, as an 11-year-old swimmer are different from an Olympic athlete. Is if we were to measure the performance of 11-year-olds against the, the, the latest times at the Olympics, we will be 
immensely disappointed by their performance. However, we do this in, in the corporate world. We do this. We take the Olympic athletes, which are, which are the core business, right? right? Um, and we know the customer acquisition cost there, the profitability and all of that. So we, we, we have very high expectations. They, they're Olympic athletes that be, they've been practicing that sport for 100 years in, in some cases. There's a term for that, right? Isn't there a term for that? Then somebody from HBR, Harvard Business School, came up with a term. I forget. Was it like a... Um... Uh, there is a term for that where you you actually invest only you don't invest in innovation you only invest in the product that's already established but then you do this unfair comparison. I'm I'm glad that somebody that's came up I... with came up with the term. If you if you remember it, by all means, share it with me. I'll be I'll, I'll be more likely to to use, I'll, be, I'll be very likely to, to use it in my next uh, in my next yeah, keynote. It just skews the whole the whole judgment, right? Like massive. Exactly. But anyways. Yes, exactly. So, so that's 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 one of the first things you need to understand the the difference, the the fact that metrics need to evolve with time. Uh, the other thing is that you need to look at both process metrics and result metrics. Um, one impacts the other. Uh, however, we have a tendency to call everything a key performance indicator, and in some cases, they are only key result indicators. Um, give you an example, you know, to make the conversation a bit more tangible for folks. Um, revenue is a key result indicator. You cannot influence revenue. You can influence revenue okay. by influencing the process you are using to reach revenue. I don't know, selling cupcakes, right? I want to, I have a bakery. Yeah. I want to improve my revenue. Well, in order to improve my revenue, I have to find a way to produce more cupcakes or, or sell them at a, at a better margin or whatever. So that means that I need to probably measure number of cupcakes uh, that I produce every day or number of cupcakes I sell every day. But the yeah, fact that... Exactly, exactly. But, but the fact that I'm selling $10,000 worth of cupcakes every day, that's a result indicator. And I can't influence that without influence the process that gets me to that result. And I think a lot of time, uh, folks are just focused on uh, on uh, on result indicators. And seriously, if we were to to bring everything to one common denominator, and that being revenue, I always encourage folks to, especially in corporate, by all means, please sell the building, sell the headquarters, and you are going to make next year's target, <laughs> no question. I mean, you're you're in Toronto, like right. sell 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 the, the corporate bank in in the city center. If if you're listening so to this in, in New York, if, exactly exactly if you if you have if you have your 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 headquarters downtown Manhattan, please sell it. <laughs> There's not going to be any doubt yeah, that you're not going to make the target. <laughs> but is this right, sustainable, so right? Way to do it. It's it, it, yeah. but that, that that's not sustainable, right? That's that's not going to create any value next year because next year you're going to run out of things to sell. Like you're going to sell the desks now and the cars, and at one point you're going to sell the building, but. Three years from now, you're going to be out of things to sell. Well, depends who's who's optimizing for what. Like some folks are exiting. <laughs> right? Totally, but no, but yes, obviously you're not going to do that. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen CEOs like like temporary position CEOs in in some banks in in Europe doing that, um, and they got their bonuses at the end of the year. However, three years from from the moment they left the bank, the bank was was in ruin. No more headquarters. Gonna, yeah, well, that, that's just crazy that they allow, uh, the board allows them to do that. Just, <laughs> but the stories <laughs> exist, man. The stories exist. They're, they're real. 
Oh, Dan, what about this? So have you seen an uh, example, maybe you worked with uh, corporate folks, uh, where you, st you are starting a product in an innovation department where you actually don't have an existing process? Hmm. Like, and then what do you look at if, if it's like very different and you don't really quite have the process? Do you build it on complete hypotheses? This is what we think. This is our best guess based on X, Y, Z. We're going to test it. Um, and then we're going to give you metrics based on that process in months, two months, three months. Or how, or how, would, you, how would you kind of approach that? Yeah, if the process doesn't exist, uh, you are in a very fortunate position because um, essentially, first of all, nobody is going to, to hold you accountable for not following the process uh, because there is no process to be followed, which is, which is great. On the other hand, you have the, a great opportunity to create a new process based on the things that you as a product owner are learning together with your product team. Um, use common sense, I would say, and if you don't want to use common sense, it's 2021 and uh, there's enough books that have been written over at least the past 10 years uh, around optimizing or creating processes for product development, for innovation in particular. Uh, look, at, look at case examples, look at how other companies that are successful are doing it. So you're not actually starting from, from a blank canvas. You're starting from a blank, blank canvas from the perspective of your organization. But um, look, at, look outside the building. Look, look, uh, look, look outside the window. Somebody already did it. Most likely, most likely. And again, have a conversation with those folks, read the books, read the blogs, attend the conferences and, and do it better. Dan, where is everybody could find the book? Where is everybody could, um, could get your book? Um... Any sort of, like, where do you the, sell it? the first book, the, the corporate startup, is available on Amazon. Um, Amazon Canada, Amazon US, Europe definitely has it. Uh, with the second book, Innovation Accounting, it's a bit trickier because of the shortage now in paper and the supply chain issues. Um, uh, we, were, we were told by our publisher that it's going to be widely available in North America starting March. But if you, if you, if you, if you die and you want to see it now, um, you're, Kindle? yeah, it, Kindle is, is an option, right? Always go to our publisher's website um, or ship it from one of the Amazon locations in Europe. Spain has it, UK has it. Uh, but for more information, just go to innovationaccountingbook.com and uh, you're going to find there all the links. And in case you don't find the book anywhere near you, just drop us a line and we'll find, we'll find a way to ship you a copy. Yeah, we'll have a link to Dan. We'll have a link to your LinkedIn. And uh, if you guys are really, really need to measure something fast, then you can just send a message to Dan. Dan, any final parting thoughts uh, to the audience just from the conversation we've had or anything else that you wanted to share? Um, I think it's very important for everybody to be, especially in product development, to be very pragmatic. Put, put romanticism aside, stop being romantic about innovation, stop being romantic about, about product development, be pragmatic, ask yourself, is this activity that I'm about to, to start performing today or this week, is this going to move the needle for this product? What are my metrics for success? Are the things that I have in my backlog going to move the needle on those metrics for success or the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm following at this moment in the in the life cycle of my idea, and then if you're if you're if you're listening to this podcast and uh, and you're in the innovation department, ask yourself: Are the initiatives that we have in the pipeline now going to have an impact 
on the organization, obviously in a positive way, but also on, on the client. So, so stop looking at, you know, engagement metrics like employee engagement. Yes, we threw a very cool innovation hackathon last week and everybody loved our gummy bears and the free beer. Um, like be very, very yeah. pragmatic. Because if you are not going to be pragmatic, somebody in the organization at one point is going to want to be pragmatic about your product and it's going to, to come as a surprise to you. It's going to come to you misaligned with a strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, ex exactly. Like, don't be surprised if, if, the, if the title of the email says uh, misalignment with strategy. <laughs> you guys knew where it came from because you've listened to this podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You've been warned. You've been warned. There's, there are no more excuses after this podcast. There are no more excuses. No more excuses. We're gonna put we gotta put like a nice title into it, saying, "Hey, like this is it. You guys, you guys heard it. If not the first, but definitely uh, our final our final warning." <laughs> exactly, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Dan, pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming. Uh, great conversation. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you'll you can get all the links in the show notes. Uh, this episode will be available in a couple of days, and uh, we'll talk product again soon. Bye.